0: Mm. Mm-hmm. you. Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller.
1: And I'm Matt Henry. And today we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. So, e. huh? Yes. Oh, right. I thought you said B. No, I said E. Black Lives matter or Black Lives Matter. Oh, I I have a question mark. Black Lives Matter. Do they? And yes, they do. So we're going to, this I don't know how long this is going to be. It could turn off into a huge rant uh, time, but we want to talk about it because it's it's a huge issue and it's again front and center um, right now. We both, if you guys did not know, Matt and I both live in a city, little city, that nobody knew until a few days ago called Kenosha, Wisconsin. And now we are front and center on international news. All eyes are on us. And we had the latest police shooting occur Sunday night, uh, last Sunday, Uh, since then rooting, uh, rooting. (laughs) (laughs) You're not tired. We are both exhausted. Uh, We're just not getting to sleep uh, because of what's going on. We have riots, looting, arson. Um, And that's only with just a short notice for those who love violence now now the rumor is that they're busing in or a big caravan out of new york is yeah. coming in uh so we're now we this was supposed to have been done before uh you should have heard this episode but we had to stop as uh, many of you got our little nose on facebook that we're postponing it wasn't like it was just because pastorally that's our first job we're actually not paid for this at all but we've <laughs> sold four coffee cups <laughs> You, you can help us by buying <laughs> those coffee cups, you know? Um, to our family d- members. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're starving here. Um, but uh, our real job is our our churches. We need to care for our people, and it's a mess. Um,
0: uh, it, it really But is we, we are very—well, you are closer than I am. This is like a block and a half from yeah, your but house. This is a few the, blocks from my house. All the
1: BLM— uh, protesters and activists were literally staging just a block from your home. Because when I was trying to get over there the other day to see him, I had to meet with another guy that lives near him. Oh, you know him, Mark. They all know him, Mark and Lena. Uh, Our producers. Yes, the ones who uh, you used to hear their voices (laughs) at the beginning. Um, I had a meeting with them, and uh, Matt lives near them, and I I turned down, and all of a sudden I'm literally –
0: staring at a mob yeah Um, um, literally
1: i I, i'm was thankful for an suv and i just popped that right into a quick u-turn and said nope 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 (laughs)
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and took a long way to your home um so yeah they're staging they were staging at his right by his house but the whole everything if you've seen any of those videos especially if you saw the shootings that just occurred last night um the, the ones that resulted in the guys
0: dying literally from the, from the assault rifle.
1: Yeah. yeah. With the guy with the assault rifle. Um, what, what, not even a hundred yards. Yeah. Eh, maybe a hundred yards from your house, from yeah. my house. Yeah. And it's then the
0: parking lot of my old apartment complex.
1: Yeah. really. And then my right in front of me, uh, when, if you watch those videos, um, you'll hear after the, the guy gets his elbow basically blown off mm-hmm. and the other guy gets shot in the chest. Um, You'll hear after all of that a ton of other shots just going off. Well, that was right in front of my house. I mean, literally, yep. you know, thirty feet away. And I, I, I post on Facebook, "Oh boy, yeah.
0: <laughs> shots popping off yeah. everywhere." Well, I sent I sent my wife and kids out. You sent your wife out. Yeah, thankful
1: for my son who has a, a house in, in in the adjoining city that welcomed them all.
0: Yep, and it's hard to sleep when. Literally, cars are blowing up. Yeah. And well, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. All of those
1: fires, I mean, that this was, these are all my neighborhood. This is my, uh, it's just sad. It's our town. It's our town. It's our yeah, town. It's we and we have friends, um, dear friends, members who are police officers, firefighters. Um, we're We're dealing with this. We're trying to address
0: it. So, I mean, what well, we drove by today. Um, Looks like a war zone. Yeah, everything's boarded up. The, I mean, I'm taking pictures of blood spots on the ground from it's, these shootings. Yeah, where a dude literally got shot in the head, in the head and of, died. Yeah, I'm standing right there. And then we go up to get some lunch, and there's buildings that were set fire two nights ago that are still smoldering. You can and smell just, it. they're just rubble. Yeah. Uh, they're waiting for everything to calm down, then they'll
1: bulldoze. So we have an area called downtown, totally boarded up, uh, with people pleading with their little signs, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, Matt put put a post on his Facebook. You guys can follow us. I, I don't know if you'd like to on Facebook. Just send us a friend request, Matt Miller and Matt Henry. Okay. Um, or Matthew Henry. And, and just look. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can stick them in the show notes if they want to. Sure. Oh, I don't know if we want them to. Yeah, I mean. Well, if my want, Instagram's if, on the website. Yeah, so. if you want to be a knucklehead, you can follow <laughs> us and then I'll block you. Okay? So w- you can do that. I got no problems personally. But, yeah, he uh, Matt made a great post um, just about how it's like the Passover. Like somehow by posting all these Black Lives Matter on your building as you're boarding it up that you're hoping that the mobs will pass over. Yeah. And I, I gave a video to my church just to try to encourage them in the midst of all this. And I'm like, you can't appease evil. You cannot well, appease they're not even, evil. They're
0: not faithful to their own cause. So yeah. they, I mean, that you put BLM on your plywood. It, well, there was that phenomenal scene of the car lot that was on fire. Yeah. And the church sign is connected to the yeah. car lot. With and, the Black Lives, Lives Matter. in it's in flames.
1: Yep. You know. Yeah, that's all over international news um it's a mess guys so uh, we wrote this script prior to that and then this thing whole whole thing blew up so that might color this a little bit more um but it's not going to change one bit our our views it just might make us sound a bit more might be more
0: unction behind our voices
1: yeah because to be honest we're angry we're angry we're sickened we're we're hurt we're grieving um, I, I told Matt that I, I mean, guys, this was a real battle for me. I hope they don't fast forward through our banter here because this is good banter, if you ask me. Um, some BLM activists literally pulled up in front of my house because I I literally am block like three block four not even what,
0: what, well we the we're what th- four was, blocks yeah. from
1: courthouse. Sure. Where it all starts every night. And so the activists showed up, parked their van right in front of my house, sat there looking at their phone for like an hour, then they uh, suited up with all their garbage and they left um, and to go do it. And everything in me, everything in me, was to go i i mean i didn't tell you this part but i i actually researched quickest way to deflate tires and it turns out that just cutting the tire stem uh, will do that and permanently i'm like yeah yeah i could and and then i also had thoughts of getting a flare out of my trunk and then just popping it into the front seat it's like yeah you want to see what it looks like to have your stuff burned because we i mean we have people who are hardworking small business owners who are, they're done. They're yeah. done. And I mean, I, I'm watching all the buildings a block from my home, just going up one after another in flames and uh, strong temptation. But I told him, I'm like, so I'm thinking that. <laughs> and then I'm like, But the Lord will see. God sees it. But but no one else will see, I said. And then I'm like,
0: but God will see. And I just took a deep breath and just, nope. It changes things, though. I'm telling you, like, man, just like watching this stuff happen in Portland and Seattle and whatever. And, you know, it's all theory. It's easy to just talk about. It's easy to make judgment. Even people who formerly lived in Kenosha who don't live here anymore casting judgment. It's different when your house is there yeah. and your wife and children are in their home and there's a real life threat to you're sleeping at night and stuff starts burning. You yeah. know, it's scary. So we'll, we'll post that uh, and we'll, we'll put our Facebook
1: links on there if you want to follow. Um, and then you've got your Instagram. I got one, but I literally have Instagram for some unknown reason because it offends me My daughter has this really great, she makes really high-end handmade cards. and Like, like, yeah. Yeah, greeting cards and thank you and announcements and stuff. And so she's like, Dad, I need you to like my Instagram page each time I post them. I don't know why, but it's got something about driving traffic. And I'm like, so I do, but I get a frown every time I do. Because on Instagram, when you like something, you have to heart it. I don't heart I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I, I get this angry look on my face every time I <laughs> tap it and a little heart appears. And I'm like, I am not a heart kind of a guy. Give you I, a thumbs up. Yeah, or, I get or, or, or. just a thumbs up I'll give you. But I just, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, Dad, you love me. And I'm like, I do. And that's the only reason why I'm giving you hearts, because I love you. Well, yeah. But like, we yeah, also have, a, I'm actually starting have. to use my Twitter a little bit. Um, so maybe we'll build that. But. Yeah, we got to get on Twitter with our faith and fable too. Yeah. Oh, well. There's a lot of things we got to do, but what we really got to do is pastor our churches. So it, it, but guys, it's sad. Yeah. Um, it, it really it's a time of mourning. Uh, we're, we're watching people that we know uh, again say the same old tired phrases to justify what will never be able to be justified. Um, we're watching our city begin to literally unravel. We're a town of. 100,000, 190 sworn police officers. We're having thousands from out of state
0: descending on us. Um, yeah, well, we're right in the middle of Milwaukee and Chicago, and so I, we're just sandwiched here. And then we're up against the lake, so there's just, and we live downtown, so it's hard to get out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's sad. We have men and women who love Christ. Um, these the, these men are on our police and fire departments. They, they're trying to be faithful. Um, all the while, the city officials are not. You know, it's just, you know, how, how, do you, how do you stand firm and hold the line when you know the guys behind you are not behind you? Um, we're watching wives uh, who watch their loved ones go to stand on that line that's hated and despised. And so... And in, in, we're we're angry, but we're also grieving. And I hope that will come across. I hope you understand it. But if any of you are going to try to hashtag us about BLM and how we need to understand this or that, um, understand it. It's coming from a different perspective, and and I'm happy to have an honest dialogue. But we also yeah. want to clarify something, so we're going to kind of do that upfront. We we have many things to say about the BLM movement that were written prior to this incident, Um, but nothing really has changed since the man was shot. Truth is still gonna be truth, no matter how many rationales or explanations are given. Um, And we all want to encourage you to continue to listen to uh, that podcast by Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker called Just Thinking. They did like a two and a half hour uh, podcast on Black Lives Matter, I guess it was. I I listened to about 45 minutes of it before shots started ringing out, so. uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, but well, it was it's a actually, phenomenal resource. Um, yeah, they're just so good. Um, they continue to bring great content to the whole subject, and and they're two black men who love Christ, and 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 more importantly, they are not more importantly, but and also as importantly, they they love truth. Um, but one of the new mantras of the social media is that in that type that has almost no nuance um, and no middle ground. Either you're for it, BLM, or you're against it. But what really is happening is if you try to straddle it in right, one way or another, you're going to find yourself very uncomfortable in a short amount of time. Because these are not two parallel things where you can say, look, I love Jesus and I love the black Lives, And so we're just going to straddle that and, and we're going to be that middle ground because they're not parallel. They're moving away from each other. And the longer you stand there, the longer you're going to find yourself in a uncomfortable place. So we're going to talk about the history, and then we're going to give a sense of philosophy, the worldview, and also just deal with some of the scripture with regard to it.
0: Yeah. Um, so Sorry, I, I, I switched to you and you weren't ready for no, that. Yeah, that's all right. So before we, we do that, um, we want to be clear about a couple of related subjects. So listen carefully. Yeah, about which people are questioning us on. Um, we want to come out and just be upfront and say that we're very pro-planned parenthood yeah absolutely and And i I think
1: i I think people are surprised when they hear that they're like dude you what but we are we're we we are actually in light of before you just assume anything we are pro-planned parenthood yeah
0: yeah we and and we see that black lives matter dovetails neatly and rightly with the entire movement of planned parenthood so just understand. Um, in fact, we're really tired of people who want to bash us as pastors, especially conservative pastors who see Planned Parenthood as being antithetical to the Christian life, like as if Planned Parenthood is somehow anti-gospel.
1: Yeah, it's like, where do you get off on that?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, essentially those who, who do this type of name-calling are simply showing themselves to be sour. They're, they're bitter people who lack a basic sense of rightness. Uh, they, they certainly can't seem to grasp the gospel and what the gospel tells us regarding the purpose and value of pregnancy and children so we want to be up front here and and just make it clear uh, if you're not pro plant her- planned parenthood then you likely don't need to be talking to us
1: yeah you don't want a friend us on Facebook.
0: yeah and, and we can say with quite a bit of certainty that you have very little to contribute to the entire national discussion of black lives matter
1: okay so so before we go any further we want to show you actually how closely connected blm and the planned parenthood whole idea uh, how how connected they are but first of all they both support two groups of people who are not protected by society right in any meaningful way uh they they are both groups that are educating people to see the value of every person. They promote a concern for healthcare needs to those who are oftentimes ignored or forgotten. Both groups are marginalized by the community at large. Um, And BLM and Planned Parenthood create forums where they can be discussed. We can have a good conversation and actually help in a myriad of ways. They're also forward thinking, right? Uh, Creating a vision for what tomorrow might be if only we can change the minds of the public. They're success-oriented. What, what we mean by that is they both want the people to grow up and flourish as humans. Uh, they're actually biblically grounded by seeing the intrinsic value of every individual. Um, I, I think we could argue that, that the idea of Black Lives Matter and Planned Parenthood are gospel-centered, as they see the effects of sin in the world and how it harms these groups, and that we need to come up with standards and methods that can help rescue them from the societal effects of sin. Uh, They're also educational. They seek to grow our awareness, right, in some of the unique needs that many of us don't realize exist in their communities. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on, but suffice it to say that Matt and I are exceedingly pro-Planned Parenthood to the same same degree that we are uh, pro-Black
0: Lives Matter. Yeah, now that might shock you, right? (laughs) All right. Enough with that. Um, what we are doing is simply showing in what we just said, the as asinine way that many Christians are approaching the whole black lives matter issue. Um, so let us clarify what we just yeah, said. Now let's make it All even right? more clear. So calm down people. If you're hyperventilating, <laughs> grab can, a paper bag. <laughs> yeah. Now listen, the, the words plant parenthood are neutral. Yeah. What's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, You know, so who doesn't want to think wisely and carefully about the role and responsibilities of being a parent? Um, Certainly Christians, right? Uh, But is the phrase Planned Parenthood something that we should be tweeting? Yeah, should I be
1: hashtag Planned Parenthood
0: after every time I talk about a baby? Yeah, (laughs) should should you be saying that you love Planned Parenthood, that Planned Parenthood is not contrary to the gospel, that loving Planned Parenthood is... um, while claiming Christ, not a false claim. Well, of course not. I I don't know any conservative Christians who would actually argue for that. You know, we love babies. We think making and having babies is a good and honorable thing. Uh, we want to exalt motherhood and children, but in a biblical context, we don't celebrate abortions. It is, it is murder. And those who vote for pro abortion people are participating in those murders. And it's really that simple, that easy. Um, don't, did you hear
1: that go guys so, so if any of you are listening and you're thinking about the upcoming election and you're like look it's not a one issue thing and you're going to vote for somebody who is actively pro-abortion you participate beloved you participate in the murders of those little ones you are complicit that's evil
0: yep yeah we we don't celebrate pregnancy outside of wedlock we don't celebrate absentee fathers we don't laugh at the term baby mama or baby daddy uh we grieve when young men and women grow up without ever knowing what an intact family looks like
1: you know what just real quickly on that one we just had the guy murdered turns out he's a gangster disciple he was shot by the vice lords uh, from chicago uh, four houses from me and he got shot 45 boom right to the chest um and a 13-year-old boy was wounded in the leg at this, in the same time with this uh, shooting. I found, just found out that the boy, 13 years old, is a boy I've known since he was about four. And he would bring his bikes over to my house uh, to help me. And I'd help him fix them and tighten the chain and everything. I've known this kid now. And now he's 13. And now he's already been shot once. And uh, I think it was his brother that was the one that was murdered. You know, It's like... We grieve. These, they don't know their fathers. Right. They don't know their, we grieve over that. that, that this is not us theologically just yakking. This is real life. And yeah. anyhow, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, so what we would say, though, is that the organization known as Planned Parenthood is vile, evil, criminal, and hellish in every way of those terms. Um, which is why. We don't use the term Planned Parenthood in our speech. Um, it, it is so tainted and so corrupted that it utterly confuses rather than enlightens.
1: And, and, and so with that in mind, we're going to argue for all of you who think, yeah, but Black Lives Matter, that the same goes for that. When you hashtag BLM and you say, yeah, but I don't I don't support that. It's like, dude, you, you're just blowing smoke up your own. Yeah. Knows. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're just fooling yourself. We, we hear people and watch people say it all the time. You can be a Christian and a Jesus follower and also believe that black lives matter. And, and honestly, what Matt and I do is we just roll our eyes at those sort of things. They're, they're, they're really brave statements, but they're not. Um, you have to be literally brain dead to claim to be a Christian and also believe that a life of a black man has no meaning or value. It's a classic straw man and it's virtue signaling at its best. All of you who want to use BLM and you're just, cause you want everyone to know, Hey, I, I believe that black lives do matter. It's like, you're just virtue signaling. Just think about this. It's as mindless as how some are actually spending time right now, debating the use of the big or uppercase B or lowercase B as if that as if that matters. Um, Those same folks doing that are the same ones on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter feeds who are silent about the utter genocide occurring in the black communities throughout the nation with murders, rapes, robberies, corruption. Drugs have devastated black families. Single parenthood is the norm. And, And do you read quotes and hashtags about how their lives matter? Of course not, not ever. Because those uh, white evangelical folks are way too busy virtue signaling about men like George Floyd and the supposedly obvious racial imbalances of the police forces in America.
0: Yeah. So let us let us just be clear here. To try and say that we think that the lives of black people don't matter is it, it's a simple lie. But to think that this means we should use it as a slogan is wrong, and we're we're not going to apologize for it. Just like planning from parenthood's good, we would never say Planned Parenthood, and Black Lives Mattering, we would never say Black Lives Matter. Um, You're not helping, you're not bringing clarity to any of this. So with that said, as bluntly as we can say it, (laughs) we want to talk briefly here about the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So can you start with giving us a little bit of A biblical lens? Yeah,
1: yeah. So whenever you look at any movement, any power structure, any activity, philosophy, or event, it requires a Christian to examine it from a purely biblical lens. That's the challenge, because we like to try to hold multiple lenses, right? We want to say, well, let's look at it from a sociological or psychological or emotional or whatever. Um, No, you're a Christian. You have one lens that you look at everything through. If you're Right, and that's a biblical lens. And what's sad is it needs to be said <laughs> that, that people actually need to hear us yeah. say that. But yeah, it does. Uh, too much of what you hear and read is really not flowing out of a biblically sound perspective. At best, what you'll get is some Bible passages, and they'll use the word justice or poor, but they just tear it from their context. They apply it to the current situation when, in fact, they don't. Because preaching and teaching today in the churches is little more than really a high flyover of Bible passages by people who are actually not committed to examine the biblical text. So you have these two streams of information flowing in too many churches. The first stream is of a semi-biblical stream. Uh, It touches lightly on the text. It touches on the text. We're not saying they don't open the Bible, but it's very light. But what it's trying to do is show you Jesus in some way that they never actually help you see what God has written down. You're not actually looking at the text and saying, this is what the text says. They just kind of lightly touch on it and then off they go. But the second stream that's running along with it is this popular cultural stream that flows from whatever group you belong to. So whether it's a right-wing or a left-wing ideology, it's not important. If truth is defined by current events rather than current events being defined by truth, then the church literally has nothing to offer and nothing to lead the people of God to a sound refuge. No way, you can't do it. And so what you end up with is what we have. Um, You have a church that's left to wander about with no real compass. Uh, You just need to love Jesus follow Jesus' words as defined by an elite group of people who magically find his words to conform to their ideology. But let's not get too caught up in the details. Yeah.
0: So let me give a little bit of history on the Black Lives Matter movement. First of all, it's relatively new. It's only about four to six years since it it hit the scene in a major way. Uh, But the philosophy driving it, it's it's much older. It's born out of you know, just that, that muck of critical race theory, intersectionality, and social social justice models taught in the public schools and cemented in the colleges and universities. And we've talked about these already in past, so you can catch our previous episodes. Um, but it was not some grassroots natural uprising that just happened. Uh, it was, and hear this, it was a calculated move that waited for an opportunity to be unfolded, um, and that opportunity came with the death of Trayvon Martin in 2012. So here's what Black Lives Matter's website says. It says that four years ago, what is now known as the Black Lives Matter Global Network began to organize. It started out as a chapter-based, member-led organization whose mission was to build local power and to intervene when violence was inflicted on Black communities by the state and vigilantes. So we, we see right away that it, it's a very focused group yeah it, it you know it, it is not necessarily the betterment of the black community in general but rather to intervene when violence is inflicted by the governing authorities and what they're calling vigilantes um, by the way the yeah never mind I'll just be quiet go ahead. Um, well since Trayvon Martin uh, this group then moved on to Mike Michael Brown and Ferguson in 2014 uh, as a side note the movement, is not because of the deaths of Martin or Brown. Nope, I, it has I mean, nothing to do with them. Rather, they're they're using those deaths as the mechanism to keep pushing their agenda. That's what they're doing. And so to understand this, I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, essentially, two years ago, or two years go by between these two deaths. And in that time, a massive number of other black men and women are killed, but none of them fit the criteria to motivate unthinking rage among the general populace so with all the week, i mean the the amount of deaths that happened every single weekend in chicago you're not hearing anything from no black Lives well, matter and and in kenosha itself literally what
1: four days prior to this man getting shot by the police um the guy was murdered in your four houses yeah. and the same night Two hours or an hour prior to that, um, another black man was murdered and, uh, and shot and killed
0: um, just up the road. It's like in silence from silence. silence because it's not about bettering the black community as a whole. They're looking for, again, these particular events as the means or mechanism by yep. which now they can push forth this incredible agenda. Yeah.
1: And so on their own site, they make it actually clear that they are a political action group. Uh, this is important because how it is often portrayed really is a moral issue rather than a political issue, but it's actually a political issue. Um, and remember, beloved, we have been saying this and saying this, and and no, I, I swear most people don't still hear us. Politics always has to do with money and power, uh, and they're very clear about their politics and positions. Um, it's to push a new Marxist point of view regarding health, not health, wealth, power and economy and so that's why we did those podcasts prior to this on social justice and the whole critical race theory right because if you don't understand that foundation then blm becomes nebulous in your mind
0: well and because of all the craziness going on in our city right now there's of course all these independent like film streamers who are streaming all these events um and so they're showing up to when the protests are taking place before the rioters come out. There's always two waves. You got the protesters um, and then they go home and then the rioters come out once dark hits. Um, and so the protesters, these live streamers, they get up in there and I don't know if you heard them yesterday, but these guys are like paid. They're like professionals that come in from out of town. yep. yep. And they're talking about how when construction is taking place in your city that you need to stop it. You need to stop the construction because that's, infrastructure be create, created by the white man and the white man gets to labor to build that infrastructure and so if you don't see black men working there stop it now what any of that has to do with the fact that a black man was shot behind the old walmart on sunday i have no idea right but this is black lives matter and what they're doing is using this as an opportunity to get to ground zero and push these agendas yeah so so again let's say it again
1: it's about politics. They are overtly admitting they're a political uh, group. Now, we keep saying it. It doesn't seem to sink in for some people, but you have to understand, really, it's just a worldview that is as old as humanity, because what you're really doing is what Eve said and Adam decided. We want our way in our time and for our profit. And what doesn't matter to us is who and what we must harm to get it. And so Cain, angry, God had regard for his brother's offering. He didn't have regard for his, so he murders him. The same garbage is happening today. And so we take up slogans like, no justice, no peace, or by any means necessary. And we then bulldoze over laws and people in our insatiable pursuit of money and power. That is what you see, beloved, in the movement and the organization known as BLM or Black Lives Matter. Now, that's really all we need to say about the history. We could go on and on, but that's their history. Uh, what follows really then is going to be a simply an analysis of the movement. And in it, we will deal with some of their stated beliefs and convictions as an organization. Now, along with this, there's this idea of how they frame their existence and purpose. Uh, so they, they say on their six-year strong page, um, that's you'll have to go up to their menu and find it's under I don't know what's under, just look for six years strong. But they described the death of Trevon Martin as a murder. Now, that is not what the facts showed at all. Mm-hmm. It's not what the trial showed. It's not what the judicial verdict handed down is said, but they persist nevertheless. And you know what? I still hear Christians talk about his death as a murder. It's like it wasn't a murder, guys. But again, it's what why this sort of movement is so bad and so difficult to discuss when when you can't argue things based on facts, um you can't have a dialogue. It turns into a Jerry Springer show. Am I too old? am I referencing too old no, of a show you're, there you're, you're, you're fine you know so they they call George Zimmerman on that page they call him a white supremacist, even though by their own definition of race he's Hispanic. It's like dudes, yeah. Again, facts don't matter.
0: He looks white, so that's what he is. Yeah. And then on the the same page, they talk about having the last six years be so traumatizing because they've been surveilled. (laughs) Um, They've been called terrorists and had rubber bullets and tanks that they faced. Um, Now, we're not sure what those tanks were, but... (laughs) Well, I'm assuming it's those um, things they had out there to... In our city. With the L-Rads on it. And the,
1: yeah, yeah, which is just some armored Yeah, yeah Bearcats. Yeah. They're not tanks, guys. And trust me, <laughs> if if one of those had to face a tank, they would lose. Yeah. Big time. Uh, um, yeah, like they would just not exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they would just be blown to smithereens. <laughs> if you've never seen a tank in action, those things are brutal. Uh, these, are, these are just a way to protect the guys
0: as bricks and Molotov cocktails are being hurled their way yeah. as they're trying to move crowds around. Yeah. But now, none of this happened because they were, as, as the Bible would say, minding their own business and working with their own hands, um, <laughs> which is a quote from the Bible, um, nor because they live quiet lives and are not having need from others, which again is a quote from the Bible. Rather, it was because they're advocating and defending, rioting, and looting, and violence against the police, um, which are... Overt, like, yeah. explicit illegal activities, um, a- activities that are violent and destructive. And so it is hard to get some sense uh, that these are true sufferers of injustice when they're pushing and encouraging the essence of injustice. Yeah, and then I really like their, their page un- un-
1: entitled Her Story versus History. History it's right. like, ooh, wow, we're getting deep now. Yeah. Um, they give a couple of instances about how their movement came about. Uh, Again, they go back to the acquittal of George Zimmerman. And again, they call him a murder. But the judge and jury didn't see it that way. They're angry over uh, not the failure by the state to investigate and then make legal decisions based on the facts. That's called justice. But what they're angry about is that the process of justice occurred, but it didn't go the way they wanted it to go. That's so important. And so when they talk about justice, they're lying For justice was served, and they didn't like the decision. So instead, they become little children throwing a tantrum. Unfortunately, they do it in an incredibly violent way. They destroy whatever they want until they get what they want. And so we know by this that there will never be a fair, impartial hearing from this group. They're not interested in the rule of law. Law and justice is in their own mind, and they're the ones that will define it. But understand that the moment you take out the role of the impartial judge and jury, you take out any real hope of justice. Um, the words stop meaning things because you have to have the impartiality of, look, it doesn't matter how you feel or how horrible looking it was or how frightening it was or anything else. What matters is the impartial
0: examination of it in light and of the, the facts. laws. And, right. Yeah. Right. So, Um, so the second account they mentioned then is the the one of Michael Brown. Now the murder is the murder is the police officer who shot him. Yeah. So now the cop is, he's still a murderer. Yeah. Um, again, it doesn't matter what the, the many investigations discovered by way of facts. It doesn't matter what legal decisions were rendered. The man is a murderer. He will always be a murderer. And that further proves racism in the ranks of the police. Um, again, what's conveniently forgotten is that even Eric Holder, the, the attorney general for the United States, could find nothing to charge the officer with. Um, imagine all the money and the power of the federal government trying to find a fault and coming up with nothing. That I mean, just, can you imagine that? I mean, the full... I know. The full weight of all the, the United resources, government. Yeah.
1: And and he was a guy who was sympathetic. I mean, remember, he's uh, he's there with Obama, and Obama saying, if I had a son, Trayvon could have been him. And it's like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Well... Um, so, yeah, I mean, incredible resourcing there, and they they found literally nothing, but he's still a murderer. doesn't matter. Yep. Um, we could do more on this. I mean, we could talk more about these, but that's enough. Instead, what we want to consider is just uh, a passage out of Ephesians to prepare us for our final analysis that we're going to give to follow. So, you want me, I'll yeah. read that and you comment? You're going to read it? Okay. Okay. So, this is Ephesians 5, 1 through 16. It's, it's a longer passage, but hang in there. Um, It says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know a certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Uh, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them, for it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil.
1: All right. So what we'll do is we'll just bounce back and forth. How about that? Uh, just making points. Yep. Uh, the first one is that um, it told us at, the, at in verse one that it told us to imitate God. Well, how? Well, it then gives a therefore that tells us to go back into chapter four, basic stuff. And the verse prior in chapter four that we uh, are, read, we see that we are to be Tender-hearted. Christians are to be tenderhearted and forgiving. How? As God has forgiven us in Christ. And so that's what he means when he's saying imita- uh, that we're to be imitators of God. We are to have hearts that are kind. Uh, are, we are to have hearts that are quick to forgive and, and, frankly, to forgive
0: fully. Second, we see here that we're called to walk in love. Um, and how, well, verse 2 tells us, and it's just as Jesus did, so by, by giving himself as the proper and full sacrifice for our sin. So, of course, we can't do that. We can't offer ourselves right. as a sacrifice for sin. Um, we, we, you know. But we can lay our rights and our loves and delights down for the sake of others. And so verses 1 through 2 are very, I guess, what we'll just call gospel-y. Um, you know, they, yeah. they, talk, they talk about forgiveness. They talk about the death of Christ for us, love and kindness, all good stuff and the kind of stuff people want to camp on and make much of.
1: Yeah, everyone wants to, Oh, isn't that? But then verse 3, you're going to see this really important shift. And so if you have time to look at your Bible, just look at verse 3 because he's got that word but. And by that, he then does a shift to what verses 1 and 2 are going to actually look like. So if you want to say, ah, oh, so it's all about the gospel. Yeah, but what's that look like? Well, verse 3 and following okay. fills it in. It now puts it, uh, puts feet to it. Um, so it's not so gospel-y sounding, but it's actually flowing from that. Um, but it gets very real. So he says so immorality is to have no place in the life of the Christian. Not, not even a little, no occasion, none. It's not even, he says to be a named among the church. And then he gets the tongue involved. No foolish or filthy or silly talk is to be part of the Christian. Instead, words of Thanksgiving not to be the day uh, the word of the day. Uh, by now, you can almost hear people coming up, though, with ways to get around this. It's like, well, what, what, what do you mean? Well, why, why bring this up? Well, what is the reasoning behind it uh, all? Well. Verse 5 then gives it to us, and it's a doozy. <laughs> he says, for this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So he's like, if these are why how we're to be imitators of God, then it looks like something. And yeah. one of the things it doesn't look like is immorality or or factiousness or vile speech. And so all of a sudden, this stuff really becomes very closely connected to the gospel. In fact, it's so close that you can be a person who believes the gospel, but if these things are truly yours, then, beloved, you are outside the gospel, and it's that simple. Now, now listen to the verbiage of the current protesters, and you go ask yourself if, if that can be part of your life in words. Just listen. Listen to the words of the movements like BLM. And ask yourself if they reflect thankful hearts, they are tender-hearted, kind, and forgetting. And then ask if you really can be connected to it in any way. Yeah.
0: In verse six, then we're told that there are those who are deceivers who will try to get you to believe otherwise. But Paul says it is nothing but empty words, vain words, futile. And and then he smacks us all again and <laughs> says that this is what brings God's wrath actually down upon us. So so what's the answer? Well, verse seven, do not be partakers with them. Very clear. I mean, yeah, this isn't complex. You, uh, in fact, we're not even going to have to tell them what the Greek word is. <laughs> I, I don't think right? we need to. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much what it what says. What it means in all languages, yeah. So so again, we ask, do we use hashtag BLM still? Should we? Is that wise? Is it right? Um, do we post their signs? Do we raise our fists? Do we associate with this in any way? Um, and so what part of not being a partaker is hard to grasp? That would be the question that we want to ask. Um, these are. I'm going to just
1: be go a jerk for, go here. for it. Meaning what we're saying, guys, is that we want to grab some people and just say, dude, stop. Stop trying to tell me that. Well, yeah, but I'm B, a little B, little B, Black Lives Matter. It's like. Everyone agrees with you on that. No one is telling you otherwise. Why are you partaking in their protests? Why are you marching with them? Why are you trying to show some sympathy when the Bible says, overtly, do not be a partaker? It's not hard to grasp, but go ahead. Yeah.
0: Well, in fact, these are the things that are part of what's identified as the realm of darkness rather than light. Um, as Paul goes on, so the Christian belongs in the light, and it, again, it's, it's that simple. So, in verse 9, Paul defines that a little bit, just in case, you know, people are coming up with ways to get around it. Um well, I mean, Yeah, could you can <laughs> say, no, 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 we're trying to be light. It's That's almost why, like Paul had conversations with people before he wrote what he wrote. Can you, know? you imagine Paul on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> He he would be
1: banned. He'd yeah, he
0: be that he's violating. Well, he can preach in most pulpits today anyway. <laughs> um, living in the light consists of all goodness, all righteousness, all truth. Therefore, if in if, if any activity or movement, any activity or movement does not conform to all three of those categories—goodness, righteousness, and truth—then again, why partake? How would a Christian truly justify himself in that? Um, And this is a lifelong pursuit, and so much so that Paul says in verse 10, we are to constantly strive to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Um, And and this tells us that there are things that you practice that later you discard as you grow in wisdom and grow in that knowledge. Um, As you investigate and study, things become clearer to you. And so a Christian should be in a consistent state of movement from being less pleasing to the Lord to more pleasing, not in a salvific sense, but in terms of, what your life looks like as an offering to him as one who is. Yeah.
1: Being conformed into the image of our Lord and savior, all those good stuff we've talked about in so many other podcasts.
0: Yeah. So, you know, so my marriage should be more pleasing to the Lord now than it was 10 years ago. Um, My parenting should be more pleasing now than when I had my first child. Um, My finances, my work ethic, my speech, my leisure, all those things uh, should be changing and conforming more and more to godliness not less godliness as you know, we join but we worldly see, ideologies.
1: Yeah, and, and what's sad is we're seeing the opposite happen, though. Right. I mean, it's like we're throwing all this stuff out as we're ra- running over there to grab hold and, and, and jump on these bandwagons that we have no business being on. So then in verse 11, he explicitly, again, explicitly commands us to not participate with anything to do with evil. Instead, he says we are to expose it. That is part of the gospel-centered life, a life that grows in godliness and, and, and a life that exposes evil as evil. We expose it. We never revel in it. We don't make light of it. We don't make it the centerpiece of our conversations. Instead, we examine these things, and then we expose them to be of darkness. And But then you don't stop there either. You move right past them. You're like, no, that's evil. Let's keep moving. Uh, We certainly don't have conversations about them with everyone and anyone. We don't open up dialogues. We don't seek to hear opposing voices as if somehow they're legitimate. We need to hear them because they've experienced,
0: oh, it's like. No, if it's not coming from a biblical perspective, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, we th- have in, to move past it. Which is why he will even say in that passage, it is not even good to talk about these things. Right, um, right. It's, it's evil to speak about the things that are done in darkness. So expose them and then move. Um, so instead, verses 13 through 16 tells us that we are to live in the awareness of God's coming judgment. So this is what ought to control our thoughts and decisions and actions. In In that time, all things will be brought to light. Nothing will be hidden uh, no rationales will stand at all in his scrutiny. Uh, it will be a terrifying day of true justice where all who face it will wish for one more day of grace. Oh, man. that's uh, terrifying. Ter- it,
1: it, yeah, everyone, everyone, the whole of humanity from beginning to end
0: who are found judged. I mean, all the opinions flying around now about every little act that takes place in Kenosha. In, in the amount of debates, and you're seeing comments on Facebook that are like oh, literally 130 comments long as everyone wants to debate every little detail. It's all gonna be worked out. I mean, God sees it, he knows it, he's aware of it, and he'll bring every act to perfect justice. And um, you will not be standing in front of some
1: quote-unquote tank with your arm and fist raised against God saying, I stand opposed. You're just swept away in this fury. Yep. You're full if you're partaking in this
0: stuff. You're, you're just full. Yeah. So, I mean, because we live in evil days, we would just say we are to be careful how we conduct ourselves. We're to be aware that it's hard to not become dirty when you walk among filth. Um, and I don't even mean that in a condescending way. It's just, I mean, what I mean. It's yeah. true. Um, so plan your day wisely. Uh, live in the light. Strive to live in that light. Um, so take away. Um, take what we said. Yeah. yeah. And, and what we just said here and, and listen to now a brief analysis of, of BLM. Yeah. Okay. So, and again, it's going to be brief. Uh, So to claim, first of all, that
1: to agree with BLM is not the same as agreeing with everything it stands for only will make sense if you do it in ignorance. All right. So we're just going to say you're dumb if you do that meaning some people will never really examine this position. We know that uh, on various issues. And, and they'll do this in a well-meaning way and they jump on board and they give it no more thought. So to the ones who are just in ignorance, they're like, well, I, I never looked at their website. I never saw what they're affirming. Fine. But you're doing that in ignorance and that's stupid
0: too. You, you don't. You shouldn't perpetuate that, which you don't know.
1: Yeah. Just be quiet. No. Um, however, like all things, the more you know, then the greater your accountability and responsibility grows. And so to learn about uh, their goals and beliefs of BLM makes you now complicit when you choose to remain connected
0: to them. Yeah. And it's noteworthy that the list of of victims of racial brutality is remarkably short. Uh, It really is Um, a simple perusal through the many blogs and articles and videos pushing the BLM and social justice agendas will reveal one of two things, and and often both. Uh, the first is a short list of three to ten people. I mean, there, some will have a few more, but... Sure. Um, the current list usually is George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Freddie Gray, Sandra Bland, and Philando um, and I Ed, think it's Castile. Is that how you... Um, we're going to get emails for that yeah, one, but sure. you guys have to... Yeah. Get over it. Um, And as of last night, you can now add, well, Sunday night, you can add Jacob Blake. Yep. Um, The second thing to note is how quickly the BLM and social justice messages shift from the current situation to a historical one. And this is, I mean, this is where it gets a little slippery if you don't catch it. Um, it And it happens literally one sentence later. Yes. They spew
1: out the names and then they do this shift without without a
0: heartbeat. A blink. Right. Um, And it, it takes only, again, yeah, that short blank to go from the death of George Floyd to then all of a sudden talking about redlining or Jim Crow. Um, and, and the reason is rather <laughs> simple. There, there's simply not that much happening. I mean, actually, think think about this. There's actually not that much happening currently that remotely rises to a systemic effort to oppress black men and women um, the current events are merely a leaping off point to then try and connect them with laws and events that have long been rejected, formally rejected by our nation. Uh, all of this is because of the whole buy-in, again, to the social justice and critical race theory philosophy. Yeah.
1: And then along with that, there another key problem then is just their overtly anti-biblical view of family. So listen, these are their words. We disrupt The Western-prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Now, you add to that that they also then actively and overtly are involved in the promotion of homosexual and transgender lifestyles. Just look at their website one of the great travesties really in the black community is the breakdown of the family. For too long, single-parent homes have been the norm. And sadly, one of the biggest reasons for this is the rules connected to welfare benefits. It doesn't really pay to be married. And so if we want to talk about a systemic issue, this would be one of the places to start. But you're not allowed to touch that. Um, This is a government structure that is devastating entire groups of people in our nation and it has been for decades uh, because BLM is a political entity. It also seeks to broaden its base um, by appealing to anyone who f- would fit into the categories of the oppressed, which is where that critical race theory,
0: again, becomes important to yeah. understand. Yeah, exactly. So so they seek to break down patriarchal barriers. But again, th- this this would be contrary to the biblical idea that the man is the head of the household, or even the leader within the church. Now, we're not arguing for unbiblical forms of patriarchy. That's not what we're saying, but the mindset, um, this this mindset revolts against any sense of male leadership, which is God's design, and the only way humanity, we would argue, can therefore truly, truly flourish. Um, So these are not good for any society, and no society has ever flourished when these are not the norms. But these are certainly contrary to the Christian faith and contrary to sound doctrine. The, the church should reject this in every way, but sadly it doesn't. Again, it just wants to have these conversations. Yeah, okay,
1: and then throw in there the idea of reparations. Uh, in all the rioting and looting that occurred in August of 2020, one of the BLM leaders in Chicago defended that looting, why? Because it's not theft, according to her. This is when their leaders it's not that. it's reparations. Oh, see, I did not know that. Change I, the word. I, yeah. Change the conversation. Um, yeah. Because the stores have insurance, she says, it's okay. They're going to get their money back, but this is nothing more than reparations. So when you look at the Bible, there are a few instances where supposedly, I, I'm going to use the word reparations. It's not a good word to use, but where you can kind of see it. I'm going to give you an example. Um, You want to read the
0: passage is out of Leviticus 6? Yeah. um, So, verses... Yeah, the passage is in verse 5, but we're... Yeah, 2 through 5 in chapter 6. So, it says, When a person sins and acts unfaithfully against the Lord and deceives his companion in regard to a deposit or a security entrusted to him, or through robbery, or if he has extorted from his companion or has found what was lost and lied about it and sworn falsely, so that he sins in regard to any one of these things a man may do, then it shall be, when he sins and becomes guilty, that he shall restore what he has took by robbery, or what he got by extortion, or the deposit which was entrusted to him, or the lost thing which he found, or anything about which he swore falsely, he shall make restitution for in it full and add uh, restitution for it in full and add to it one fifth more. He shall give it to the one to whom it belongs on the day he presents his guilt offering.
1: All right, so note the element. He, he's financially cheated a person. This is not your forefathers. This person has actively cheated a person through deceit, theft, exhortation, or fraud. That's a requirement. And the way to resolve it is first to restore what was taken, and second to add one-fifth more to that value, and that is to go specifically to the person defrauded. Now, um, this is consistent throughout the Old Testament on this subject. There's a, a known value. A known value. Yeah. And it's perpetrated against a, an actual individual, and at no point will it ever be intimated that it should be done for perceived injustices. It's not you've treated me or oppressed me, it's you've actually defrauded, you took what was mine. Um nor does it ever tell you that future generations would be held accountable to it or groups, yeah, in it's fact, as individuals. When we get to uh, Mason's book, um, what's it called, Woke Church, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I just listened to a sermon he did on reparations and he tries to tie reparations into the plagues of uh, <laughs> uh Egypt, sure, and sure. that that reparations are in fact a biblical idea, it's, it's twisted. But the greatest issue behind all this is that something God gave to Israel, uh, this this law, is something that God gave to Israel to obey as being part of a theocratic nation. Um, beloved, this may shock you. America is not <laughs> Israel, and and it's not a theocratic nation. So when you come to this a New Testament, now you can see some things that might apply to the. Uh, American situation but you see nothing about reparations as the church isn't Israel and it's to function within whatever societal standards exist it you know whether that be Romania or America or Zimbabwe it doesn't matter you that, that's what you're supposed to do nowhere will you see the expectation that some descendant from some claimed aggrieved person given is given the right to demand reparations from the descendants of those who have the skin tone of a group of people who did bad things. The Bible would call that theft in, and injustice. And any Christian who argues for it has lost his way. In, fight. in fact, ironically, to argue for reparations is therefore to argue for theft and overt injustice. So yep. that that that's what makes this whole movement so evil Think is they it. call evil yeah. good and good evil. And in fact, every one of those uh, little filthy Acts of looting that we've been watching and, and destruction of property. I mean, all of those small businesses right next to my house have been burned to the ground, right, and destroyed. Those, if, if you were to be biblical, the people who did that, after they're arrested, they should pay back the total loss in full and add 150, and 150 if you want to be. Yes really biblical and
0: love your neighbor and all yeah. of that stuff. It's just, it, it, it is ironic that it's being called social justice because I'm not certain how justice is being brought to our society no, in any of this. Right. In fact, in, more injustice is being just thrown in our faces. So finally their, their view of civil disobedience, this is our last one, is contrary to the Christian and the Bible. Um, now the constitution allows for the right to protest, but for, most people, this is only vaguely understood. Um, add to this the constant mantra on the many media outlets about <laughs> mostly peaceful protests and confusion grows. It is I mean, I don't want I won't rant here, but it is now that we're experiencing it, and I'm seeing what the main many of the media outlets are saying, it's just vile. It is evil, it is lying. it is it's disgusting it's not at all what is happening here, but yeah, it would be wonderful if
1: CNN would say violent mobs raise the city of Kenosha. Yeah. Wouldn't that be refreshingly honest instead of peace uh, or mostly peaceful or protests occurred over the weekend to protest a, a shooting of whatever his name is, Jacob and, uh, and now with that guy that uh, shot and killed a couple of the riders, it's a white a white supremacist. Yeah, white supremacist vigilante. or white vigilante Gosh. shot and killed protesters. It's like, you mean those guys that were literally in the process of hurling things like skateboards and stuff at his head and, and surrounding and him, cocktails. and he shot them in self-defense? You mean that?
0: that while one? while the one while they're holding pistols at him? Yeah,
1: yeah. You, you mean that one? The one because I watched it. Right. And it was, like, right there where I'm, yeah, yeah, okay. We just want to make sure we're
0: talking about the same thing. Again, we're getting yeah. worked up. Well, I'm sorry. It's also our home. So uh, the First Amendment says, in part, um, prohibiting uh, the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That is it. That is the purpose of them. Um, The the, the people of the U.S. can peaceably assemble and petition, but it does not permit people to gather for the purpose of protest where there is a clear danger of rioting and violence, nor can the protesters at all interfere with traffic and present a threat to public order, which is even the ones that are peaceful here. I mean, they're marching down my street. I mean, how many hundreds and hundreds of them were coming down? Yep. And I it it was kind of humorous.
1: I was watching and there were a bunch of them where the, the ones that are the most vocal and leading are these girls. And I just laugh at them. They got their little shorts or their little what are they they're called leggings or something? I'm too old. They for all wear all this like stuff. the black shorts. And and they're all come on, link arms, link arms, stand fast, stand fast. And so they all kind of stand there in front of one of those bear cats. And then <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> they shot a tear gas round and it nailed one of them right in the foot. And you hear this squeal and, oh, and they all just scattered. And I'm like, yeah, so much for that standing fast there. You know, they're all real. T- yeah. But they're literally blocking and trying to prevent. Right. You, you're not. You can, as a citizen, freely walk down there during yeah. those protests. You put your life at line.
0: Yeah. And many online. And every, many of the people who live here know that. Most of these, the, the riders are coming from out of town. They don't, I mean, they don't live here. Yeah. It was interesting to li- be listening to the police scanner and how, when you have those, what are called peaceful protests, where you have hundreds of people marching through the streets, um, how the front vehicles are professional organizers, typically yeah. armed, yep. um, coming from out of town and just devastating our city. But yeah,
1: well, while, while all the protests up front were going on, then they had guys on motorcycles. With backpacks and they're driving around town and throwing in uh, um, incendiaries into dumpsters, starting things. Off. I mean, it's just yep. it, it's an organized thing. So
0: yeah, so we would just say pro- protests are fine uh, if done properly, of course, but that is not what you're seeing promoted by the Black Lives Matter organization or other organizations. the The level of violence and theft and destruction to private and public property is. I mean, it's staggering, and it's just been devastating. And all the while, so many Christians are thinking that Black Lives Matter is good.
1: In fact, I've had a weird time of going to several Facebook pages and social media outlets where they've been, been, who are more local, where they were always pro-BLM. And it's fascinating how many of them are extremely silent right now all of a sudden, um, because now it's their homes threatened. It's like, yeah, not so... Not so great when it's not George Floyd up in Minneapolis and it's blocks being burned down, but it's not your block. Yeah. Now you're... you're well, how quickly quiet. the
0: mayor of Chicago shut that down once they came to her neighborhood. Oh, yeah.
1: Now it's illegal. And she's like, and I'm not going to apologize because I think people can agree that you need to keep your public officials safe. And I'm like, huh, wow. <laughs> um, anyhow, so let's bring this to an end. Like any false prophet in the New Testament, the way you know... The value of some group or organization is through the fruit that they produce. And the fruit of BLM is not a group that we would ever endorse, we would never give a head nod to. It's not doing some things good. Rather, it's actually an organization that is overtly antithetical to the Christian. It is as antithetical as a Christian being pro abortion. They cannot coexist. To try to caveat that with the fact that you merely mean a lowercase b rather than the actual organization is simply silly and unhelpful. If it makes you feel good, fine, but it doesn't make you care more or being more woke. In fact, we would argue that the best thing churches can do with regard to this movement is to speak both in a positive and negative manner regarding it. Positive means to speak of what the Bible tells us about people, government, Property and protest in a way that's faithful to God's word. Uh, in other words, instructing and building up the people of God to know what the word actually says. But we all should also should do it in a negative way, which means to denounce that anything that would be contrary to sound doctrine, to stand uh, against. Or rather, to take a stand against what is nothing more than a philosophy that's born out of the God of this fallen age age is right. It's to call it evil if it is evil, and to give it no room in the pulpits and the pens or the pew of those in the church.
0: Yeah, so in the end, we would simply remind each person that the promise of true justice is bound up in the person of God, and the timing for that execution of justice is at the end of the age. Christians are not to hate their enemy, they are to love them. Christians are not to harm their enemy, they are to do good to them. But all of this is because God promises to bring a true and righteous vengeance upon those enemies in his time. Um, When Christ returns, he will judge the living and the dead, and all things shall be laid open before him. Every life will matter in the sense that every life will stand before him as their Lord, and he will judge them, and here's the key, without partiality. And so for Christians, that should be good enough, and it has to be good enough. So we got to get out of here because citywide curfew is about to hit. Yep. Um, So those are our general thoughts on Black Lives Matter. Uh, Next time, we're going to talk about something else related to social justice. But until then, make sure to tune in, join this conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on BLM and the SJ, SJ movements. And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell a friend.